What's up, party people? Welcome to the first episode of Ditch the Ick. I am Katie Carson. I'm going to be taking you for this ride. You know, when I named this episode, I had decided to name the first episode 36, Flirty and Flailing. I had no idea what a self-fulfilling prophecy that would be, honestly. So I'm 36 years old, single, and have been single for most of my adult life, if we're honest. I have dated. I've been on the apps and things like that, but been pretty much single the whole time. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast was because I've noticed that women are choosing to stay single. I don't, it's not new news, right? But a lot of people are choosing to stay single, even though financially, economically, it might make more sense to be in a partnership or relationship it's not something we are doing necessarily. And so what I want to do is explore that in this podcast. So today I'm just going to share with you a little bit about me, a little bit about my background, and a little bit of what you can expect from Ditch the Ick. So like I said, I'm 36. I've been single most of my life. I'm originally from Florida. God help me. Please do not hold that against me. It's wild. I'm actually here visiting right now while I record this. And it reminds me of all the reasons I no longer live here. So I'm from Florida and the county in which I'm from at the time that I was growing up, I don't know if this is still true, if we're honest, was the teen pregnancy capital of the country. It was also the gonorrhea capital. It was also, I think, number two for meth. So, you know, like we're just set up for success. I don't think that's true anymore. I don't know. It's not really like the small town vibes anymore because we've got a Legoland, but that's where I started. And growing up in central Florida, Redneckville, teen pregnancy capital, but also the Bible Belt during peak purity culture, right? Like really shaped a lot of the ways that I view relationships, both platonic and romantic. And the way that I approach life, I was determined not to be another statistic, not just when it came to teen pregnancy, but when it came to like what I accomplished in life. Like most people didn't leave my hometown. If you weren't married by 24, you were asked if you were a lesbian, which back in the day was a much different question than it is now, right? I am bisexual. Couldn't say that then, not in this area, but it really, I was determined, like something about being asked, like, why aren't you married yet? Are you seeing anybody? Really ignited a rebellious streak in me. I'm now learning has a lot to do with my neurodivergence, but it truly was the fire for me to like go and like do other things, achieve all the things that I had dreamed of being. And I did. That being said, you know, went a little wild in college. We'll talk more about that later. But, you know, after college, I kind of hit rock bottom. And I realized that if I wanted to do anything with my life, I had to leave Polk County. And so I packed up my car and I moved in with a girl in DC who I knew from waiting tables at Outback. And I started over there. I transferred restaurant. I waited tables for a long time before working in the government. I think it was there that I really went on like my first real first date. I started using the apps. It was, I was building my life and kind of figuring out who I was, but I made 
a buttload of great friendships along the way and hit most of my career goals. And what I loved about living in the DC area was the first question wasn't like, are you married? Do you have kids? It was, you know, what do you do? After six years, that wears on you. But it was nice to be more recognized for some of the achievements that I had made than it was what my marital status was. So I worked in the government for a long time, Homeland Security, and then I moved into the CIA. And that was a wild ride. And that's where I really realized how much of my life had been spent living two lives, right? Like an article just came out from a guy I actually know who worked at the CIA talking about how the right amount of childhood trauma can turn you into a high achiever and make you like the perfect recruit. And that's what happened with me. I had spent so much of my childhood living two lives because of the things that were going on at home, which we'll talk about later. And, you know, trying to put on the good face that everything was okay at school, at church, that it made me a really good candidate because I also had an oversized conscience. Like I knew the genetics I had coming at me from both sides, the good, the bad. And I knew I wanted to use my powers for good. And that's what I thought my good was. But after a couple of years there, I realized living two lives was not feasible. I could never, like, I realized my priorities were shifting. I was 26 and I was realizing, like, I do want to start a relationship with somebody at some point. The divorce rate within the CIA, as you can imagine, is astronomical. Can't trust. I mean, like, we're all trained liars. So, like, if I dated somebody within the agency, that was going to be just toxic from the get-go. But if I dated somebody from the out, like outside, the relationship would have started off on a lie. And I just, I couldn't stand the thought of living two lives anymore. So wanted to switch careers. I wanted to switch lifestyles. I was tired of lying to everybody that I knew. I was tired of living two lives, of juggling, all of that. So I made the decision to leave the agency and go through all of the rigmarole that went with that so that I could talk about it and have it on my resume because I'll be damned if I went through all of that bullshit. Like I was fully certified. I was a program manager, like in the clandestine arm, like I did the shit. Okay. I went through the shit and I came out on the other side and I was going to be, I, I was going to have it on my resume. You know what I mean? Like I didn't go through all that not to have it on my resume. I mean, at the time I thought I was going to be there forever, but it also just was not, you know, it's a very masculine environment to play the game as a woman was really hard and stupid. If I'm honest, it was fucking stupid. I hated having to placate to the egos in order to get any sort of recognition, but also, I mean, it's the federal government. So you got promoted based on tenure and not based on what you did because I was pretty much running my branch operations. And yet I could not get a promotion because I had not been there long enough. So it was just, it was just dumb. So I moved into the private sector. I did learning and development with McKinsey and company. And I love that. I traveled, I met a shit ton of people, but I was traveling like 70% of the time. People think that like the travel work life is glamorous. Let me tell you, babe, it's not. It gets old real fast, especially when you're traveling Like if you're traveling Monday through Thursday, that's one thing, which is what the consultants did. But as somebody in the learning and development side to like set up our programs, which were primarily Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday or Tuesday through Friday, I was traveling on Friday or Saturday and then gone until the following Friday or Saturday. So I was traveling probably 70% of the time. 
it was wild and also not conducive to the lifestyle that I wanted to lead. The money was great, but what I realized was I wanted to start focusing on my life as a whole instead of working, making great money and not being able to enjoy my life. And eventually, honestly, I ended up having to take a medical leave because I was so burnt out. It had triggered a lot of stuff in my body. It had triggered a lot of stuff mentally for me. And the timing of that medical leave actually ended up being really timely. I mean, for lack of a better word, I took some time and I went and visited my family in Tennessee and my friends in DC. But it was during those 30 days that my grandfather, who is my my rock, my my most constant male figure in my life, the person who pushed me to go for things I never thought I could do or couldn't afford or, you know, he he encouraged me so much in ways that like literally changed my life. Like if it hadn't been for him, I would have let fear and anxiety stop me from doing a semester abroad in college. I would have not moved to DC. I would have not thought that I was capable of so much. And he took a quick turn. And so I came home and right around the end of my 30 days, he passed. And it just brought a lot of things into perspective for me of how I was living my life and what I wanted to do with my life. And so from there, I decided to make a change. So I left McKinsey and did a few odd jobs for like a year and then kind of decided to ease myself back into the corporate world and got into marketing. Uh, I was working like front desk office manager role for a performance marketing company. And then when we were remote, I got to move into more company culture, employee engagement, creating connections, like my job was planning events like book clubs and all of those things. And it was amazing. Like I fucking loved it. And then there's some leadership shifted. And so my role shifted a little bit. So I moved more. I stayed doing culture and like internal communications for employees. And I moved into more marketing and events when trade shows started opening back up. So, which was kind of my first love. It's what I studied. It's what I did an internship in abroad, but when we weren't remote during the pandemic, you know, that was really hard. And if I honestly, if I hadn't had a roommate, I don't know how I would have done it. Like as a single person, I was also in Florida where honestly shit was pretty lax. But then when my lease is up, I moved to Tennessee and decided, fuck it, we're going to make this dream happen. I'd been wanting to live there for like 10 years, more of a mountains girl than a beach girl. So I moved like right after I moved, I had to put my dog Gertie down. It was a whole thing. And then in my grief, I bought a camper and decided I was going to renovate it and travel around and have a YouTube channel. And I did it. I did it. I I mean, I renovated it. I had a YouTube channel, but ultimately the camper I bought was not a good fit for me and like that lifestyle. So I sold it and just moved back to Tennessee and put down roots in a place that I had always wanted to live. And so I've been there ever since. And then I just celebrated my two-year gotcha-versary with my dog, Archie. And after a couple of years of working with this performance marketing company, I realized that I didn't align. Like my core values did not align with those of the company I was working for. It, they just didn't. And I had applied for jobs, wasn't finding anything, and I just was feeling kind of scattered. And I just decided to take the leap, like another big leap. And I left my corporate job and I started my own business and kind of built the plane as I went. And October 14th is my one year anniversary of my business. Like really 
learning that I can build the life that I want, that I can build a life that's in alignment with my values, that I can date and run a business and do all of these things has been so empowering. It's been awesome. It's just been awesome. So, you know, we'll talk about it at some point. You know, I had 10 years of celibacy and, you know, how we kind of broke out of that. I think that it's really important too that we talk about women's health and women's sexuality and sexuality in general. Like, I feel like I want to break down that stigma and that ick. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, I didn't know that 36 flirty and flailing would be such a self fulfilling prophecy. Because even though like I am building a life that I love, like the lows still happen. I hit a pretty big low last week that culminated in me driving to Florida to visit my family because I have that privilege since I am in charge of my schedule. And then giving myself a haircut. I didn't give myself bangs, but you know, I did cut my own hair and took a literal weight off my shoulders. It's kind of what I needed to kind of shake me out of things and really kind of get me in the right headspace. But it's, I really want to build a community where we normalize talking about the ups and the downs and, you know, partnered privilege and all of the things. Over the course of my adult life, I have learned that life is too short. It's just too short. Life is too short to wait to have somebody to do the things that you want to do, if that makes any sense. Like I, I had a first date once and he was a widower and he was like, well, I really want to start traveling internationally again, which I'll tell the full story later. That's, that's a whole episode in and of itself. Did he kill his wife? I don't know, but he was a widower and it was, I was 27. I think he was maybe 30, but he kept saying that like he wanted to travel internationally again, but he didn't, he needed to be in a relationship to do that. He needed to have somebody to travel with. And I was just like, life is short, bro. Like if anything didn't, you know, this is going to sound bad, but like, didn't that like teach you that? Like I've lost two people very close to me who were big influences in my life. And one of them much younger than he should have gone. And all I could think about was life is too short. You learn so much about yourself when you learn how to do things on your own. And we're, we're going to dive into all of that. So here's what we're going to talk about because I'm not saying stay single forever. I'm not saying single is better. I'm not saying that being single doesn't suck because honestly, in this economy, it fucking does. But it also, there are a lot of advantages, but I also think that there is a need for community. You need community. We weren't built to live in isolation. If anything, the pandemic taught us that. So that's my goal. I want to build a supportive community where people feel safe. I want to build a community where people know they're not going through things alone. They're not the only ones struggling with things, especially like when it comes to being single and like not having a partner or somebody to like rely on or prioritize you. Like it's, you're not alone essentially is what this podcast is about. And this podcast, it's called Ditch the Egg which we all know what the ick is in regards to dating, especially like, I feel like mostly those who identify as female, but I want to create like a super inclusive space. It's not just for single women or those who identify as female. Like I want to invite all sides of the conversation, all sides of the human experience to this, no matter your orientation, your gender, your ethnicity, like this, this is going to be an inclusive and safe space. And if that's not what you're looking for, this isn't for you. But if you are looking for that, or you're looking to kind of understand the single experience, especially right now, or if you have single friends, like listen to this podcast, it's going to give you a lot of insight. But 
we're going to break down some of the stigmas and stereotypes that, you know, we get as single people, we get as single women, not just in regards to like dating, but like in the corporate world, right? Like in the business world, women have to fight harder. Women, especially single women, it's a whole different experience than if you are a married woman or a married woman with kids. It just is. And I've had a lot of conversations about this and we're going to continue to have those conversations here, but you're also going to get some really funny shit. Like I've got 20 years of dating horror stories to share with you. And honestly, the horrors keep on coming. The story you heard in my trailer, that happened January of this year. And so much more has happened since then, but that's like my favorite opener that I've ever gotten. So there's going to be some listener stories too. So you're going to have a space to share your stories. You can email me at ditchtheickpod at gmail.com to share your dating horror stories, your dating success stories, to share some of your like single life struggles, right? Like what, what are some of the things that like just really are a struggle for you as a single person. You can ask questions. We are going to do some diving into specific dating apps and like profiles and optimizing that. But we're also going to dive into self-awareness tools like human design and astrology and the Enneagram. We're going to dive into like all facets. We're going to talk about leaning into your feminine energy when we're in a masculine society. And especially if you've been in the corporate world, you've kind of been forced to operate in a masculine energy for a long time. And what does that mean? So it's going to be a really fun podcast. I'm going to have some friends on. We're going to share our stories. I'm going to have some experts on who are going to share their insights. And I'm really excited about it. So make sure you like, follow, subscribe. Of course, you can follow me on Instagram at ditchtheickpod. You can also find me on Patreon. So on Patreon, you're going to get some exclusive bonus content live AMAs and Q&A sessions. You're going to get behind the scenes interview content. When I do an interview, you'll get access to video that all of that is what you're going to get. When you subscribe on Patreon, there's three different tiers. Starts at like $5 a month. So that's patreon.com slash ditch the ick. And yeah, I am so excited to build this community. I am so excited to create a safe and inclusive space for us to connect, to share our stories, to share our experiences, and to relate to one another. And I can't wait to get started. See you next time.